Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon. It is 1 p.m. Eastern Time, and I guess 10, 10 a.m., I don't know, 10 a.m., 11 a.m.? I'm losing track. Anyway, it's uh, it's different times elsewhere in other time zones, uh, which is one of the where one of our guests is today in the Western time zone. Um, this is Michael. It is January twenty fourth. We're doing a, uh, an increasingly rare Monday show um, because I had to cancel out on a on a uh, show from last week, and the guest was kind enough to reschedule, so we're doing it today. And that guest is Laura Triani from Plan Beyond. Laura, welcome to Drive Through HR. How are you doing today? I'm doing real well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for the flexibility last week, and thanks for joining us uh, to talk about the, the great resignation, which we'll get into in a minute. Um, fascinating topic that, you know, is certainly having massive impact in, in, in the HR space, which is our main audience and where the listeners come from. So, we'll, you know, I'd love to hear some of the information you have to share. But to get us started, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, great. Well, um, as you said, hey, I'm Laura. Uh, I'm the principal of Plan Beyond, uh, which is a uh, market research firm. We're actually Seattle-based, so it's, uh, gosh, 10 a.m. and cloudy. That's what we do here, cloudy. Um, and yeah. as is probably more relevant to this conversation, uh, I'm also the lead researcher on one of our about-to-be-released reports called The Great Resignation, what's actually causing employees to give their two weeks notice. And, and said report is embargoed, press embargo, which we, we honor here on, on Drive Through HR, but we are able to schedule a, a discussion in advance. But that report's coming out tomorrow, I believe. Is that correct? It is tomorrow, but um, so that we don't keep your listeners waiting for too much, we'll certainly uh, touch on some of the themes that we uh, explored and some relevant high-level findings. Awesome. So that'll, that'll be good. So, so the first thing I wanted to ask you is, like, um, I looked, since I, I didn't get to see the report, um, for whatever reason, it didn't show up in my inbox. I thought it was going to, but that's okay. Um, you, Plan Beyond did this report. I, did, I couldn't see, though, if you did it in conjunction with some other organization or if this was research you did yourself. So I guess I'm curious about two things. One is, why this report? And then who does Plan Beyond typically work with on these kind of things? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we, we actually work with just about everyone. Uh, we say from startups to enterprises, we're, we're happy to work with you. Uh, the thing that makes a lot of uh, the organizations that we work with similar is that they're in some position of change and transition. And so we really offer research and strategy work to help make those transitions a bit smoother. Um, and my personal background is actually working in the HR tech space. And so, you know, this whole great resignation thing sort of felt very close to home between mm-hmm. uh, sort of having some of that HR background, kind of knowing what goes on in that field, and then also really working with all our, our clients. Um, gosh, especially last year, and a lot of folks going, "Oh my gosh, uh, we we need we need your help. We we just we just don't have people anymore who can do this." Uh, or the flip side, which is never good if you're a research firm, uh, folks going, "We want to do this, but we just don't have anyone who can take point internally." So you know, mm-hmm. we were hearing, you know, firsthand from a lot of folks that we work with um, that this was really hitting them hard. And, you know, as, as a research team, and heck, we study people for a living. We're like, huh, wonder what's going on. Let's, let's explore. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, 
so as you as you approached this, and, and I think you did you did most of the actual research and writing on this on this report, right? That that's correct. Yes, yeah. so I take the lead on this one. Yeah, great. So even though it's so, sort of super secret, but yet not, um, <laughs> let's let's try to talk about it a little bit. So the first thing I was curious about is I, I've heard, I've heard this referred to as the Great Resignation and a bunch of other things. Um, you know, I'm going I'm going with that for now um, from your report. But how how did you guys define the Great Resignation? What is it? What does it look like? Yeah, well, you know, I think the term itself was coined, uh, gosh, maybe it was Q2 of 2021, and I forget the mm-hmm. individual who, who coined it, um, but really it was referring to this, those high, extremely unusually high rates of people quitting. But, you know, I think more specifically is that it's not just that they're quitting, it's that they're not going somewhere else. You know, usually when you think about attrition, someone goes, well, I'm leaving here and I'm going there. Um, and this time around, it's not that. It's, hey, I'm leaving, and I'm, I'm sort of taking a step out. And so it's sort of this interesting space for, I think, employers where it's not just, gosh, how are we going to replace that person that we just left, but how do we manage to keep running when we actually can't even backfill that role? What does that mean for us? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I mean, you know, you hear, you, you, we've heard in the jobs reports over the last couple of months, you know, that jobs jobs aren't growing as fast as you'd think, which is weird. And then you hear that, you know, I forget the number, but I think the last one I heard was four and a half million people resigned from their jobs. And yet, you know, we're not adding that many, you know, we're not, we didn't add four, four million jobs and we didn't, um, we didn't necessarily have all those. So, so where are the, where are they going? What, what did you, what did you, what did you guys learn about that? Like, are everybody just staying home, sitting on the couch watching Netflix, or are they doing other things? You know, there could be a little bit about that. And so, we didn't explicitly probe on the, okay, you're quitting. What are you going to do? You know, really, what we okay. looked more at was, hey, you're planning on quitting. Let's understand why. What, what's really okay. that? And so, you know, a lot of folks are talking these days about, gosh, is it is it salaries? You know, is salaries not high enough? Or, well, people just want to work from home now, and no one's going to be willing to go into the office. So we, we looked at those components, and we, we kind of call those hard uh, factors, like these very objective, tangible things. Um, mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, we looked at what we call soft factors, which are those, those interpersonal dynamics, uh, things like, you know, how are people being – appreciated at the office? Are they being respected? Do they respect their colleagues? Uh, those those mm-hmm. dynamics. And, uh, you know, without giving too much away, let's just say it's the soft dynamics that ultimately really, really matter. Um, and so talk as much as we want about changing some of those hard components, salaries, uh, you know, work environment. That's, that's not what we're really seeing. It's that ultimately employees want to be appreciated and respected. And mm-hmm. uh, if they're not going to get that, they're going to they're going to hold out until they can. Yeah. So, so I, you know, there, we've we've done shows where we've talked around this stuff, but not from a you know not from a researched kind of point of view. It's more like speculation, right? Just speculation mm-hmm. with other HR professionals or whatever. And, um, you know, there was for a while it was well, the government's giving away money. You know, it's the unemployed people are people aren't working because they want to stay on unemployment. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. unemployment benefits, even if that was true, which I think you know a certain percentage probably was, but I I, I never fully subscribed to that. Um, that's done. It's been done for several months. Yeah. Um, 
and and yet the phenomena of people not working and seemingly increasingly higher number of people leaving their jobs or resigning is still going on. Is is that mm-hmm. is that how you is that how you saw it? Has anything changed since those government programs programs ended, or is it is that is that not was that not really the cause? I don't know if you guys looked at that, but. Yeah, you know, and I certainly read about that speculation, and I remember thinking to myself, um, oh, gosh, when, when was that, like, you know, if it was September, October, where people were like, oh, finally, those are coming to an end. People are going to go back to, their, right. you know, back to their jobs. And I remember sort of shaking my head, being like, <laughs> little do you know. And, <laughs> you know, the reason I was shaking my head is, you know, when you study humans, which we do, uh, and those, mm-hmm. those dynamics of behavior and what's driving behavior, there is never one factor that is the factor. Um, I mean, we're human, right? We want the silver bullet and the silver bullet answer. And so people, I think, were really uh, clutching to that as the solution. Um, mm-hmm. You know, fast forward, here we are, January 2022, and uh, it wasn't the solution, was it? That uh, didn't that wasn't, seem that to be. <laughs> no, no, no. So, you know, I, I'll speculate that that was probably part of it. Um, you know, again, there's, there are always a lot of different dimensions, which is what we studied, right? What are all of those uh, corresponding factors that work in tandem? So my hunch is, you know, it's probably a similar dynamic here that, yep, you know, we did see that people's savings rates were much higher last year than before. Uh, one, they weren't spending because no one was allowed to go out and do fun stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they, their salaries were getting supplemented um, through, uh, gosh, some of, some of these government programs where they were receiving unemployment. So I, I do buy that that was probably part of it. But, you know, I have a hunch that there's probably some other components as well. Um, and this goes back to some of the research that we did here for this study. Um, mm-hmm. You know, think about specifically maybe hourly workers or folks who are younger in their careers. They're going, is this, is this worth it? Um, you know, am I, am I getting what I want intrinsically uh, out, out of this job versus all this craziness that I'm dealing with? Um, and so I think it was an opportunity for folks to really uh, take that step back and, and sort of leave because of it. So I, think, I think that's probably one component as well, uh, since our research, mm-hmm. again, did show that those, those soft components around respect and appreciation are so important to people's uh, likelihood or lack thereof to quit. Um, and, you know, last but not least, I would gather that there's probably a psychological component around people going, there are a lot of jobs out there. I'll, I can find something. Um, I, you know, I can't think of another time in my life where, uh, you know, people have been so out of work and yet could be in work. Yeah. Like, remember, yeah. gosh, I think like, uh, gosh, you know, 2008, Great Recession. People were mm-hmm. losing their jobs but there weren't jobs to go to, right? Like that's, right. that's what I recall from, you know, is that what you recall from that era? I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this time around, people are leaving their jobs by choice, right? They're not being fired, but there are lots of jobs to be had. And so I think there's a speculation, but this feeling of, of safety of, well, when I'm ready to go back, they'll be stuck for me. I'm okay. And that's mm-hmm. very different than I think we've ever seen before historically, with these sort of workplace dynamics and sort of quitting or leaving or being fired. Uh, another, and, and, and I agree. Um, I do think people um, 
I don't know. Like, so I, like I've heard different things. Like, like for example, someone opinionated not to opine. Is that the right way to say it? I think, um, you know, that it, in some cases it's, you know, families making different choices, you know, maybe mom or dad has decided not to work because they found out that childcare, you know, and homeschooling and you know, all these different kinds of things, they, they actually live through them and can survive them, you know? So they're, they're people have made different choices instead of just trying to earn, 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 and, you know, save up money and buy new cars and all that kind of stuff. And then, then there's a, you know, another that I, that I think I guess previous guest on the show shared a few months ago was the thought that this was more of a great reshuffle. And, and, and her take, um, the way I heard it anyway, her take was that this is people uh, like lower-rung jobs, if you will, people in entry-level jobs or, you know, one step above entry-level, if there are even such things anymore. Um, are are having the chance for the first time in quite a long time, to your point, to actually climb the rungs of the ladder a little higher into a better paying job or a different occupation because hiring standards have changed. So so people aren't really leaving, but they're they're moving up um, into, you know, a better position, if you will. And yet but yet you said that your research showed that not everybody's you know, that the four and a half million people, a lot of them didn't go back. So is is that also some version of the truth? I mean, I'm sure there's a component of that as well, but what can you share with us about that? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we definitely, um, gosh, we, we surveyed over 1,000 uh, sort of full-time working Americans. So we had a really nice mm-hmm. example to work with. Um, and that led us to do things like slice and dice the data by looking at things by gender and by different uh, age segments as well to see if some of these factors varied by those distinct groups. And, you know, going into it, I would say I certainly had a hypothesis that it's going to be those younger workers in particular who are going to be more likely to quit. And, and I think it's akin to, to what your prior guest sort of said, that, you know, when you're younger in your career, you're not quite sure what you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for a different fit, um, you know, looking for new opportunities, et cetera. Um, I would say our, our dynamic should something a touch different. Um, that A, it did corroborate that one component, but this idea of the great resignation is actually something that is universal. Um, we saw pretty high uh, rates of sort of considering quitting amongst what I'd call sort of those mid career folks, let's say late 30s mm-hmm. to the 40s. Um, but where, and where it did, though, taper off was really, really late, late career. So think uh, really mid 50s and above. But everyone mm-hmm. below that, there, they're open to quitting. Okay. So kind of like, why not? There's another place for me to land if this doesn't work out for me or, or whatever, I guess. Um, I have this impression, um, and it's reflected in, you know, a lot of the things you see on social media, Facebook and other places with, you know, signs on doors at restaurants, you know, please bear with our staff. We can't hire people. People don't want to work, you know, that, you know, this kind of stuff seems like some sectors of the job market, uh, especially the service industry, and I didn't, I didn't tee this up in the pre-show, but also maybe because of just the, the stress levels, also maybe healthcare, I feel like they're impacted more than some other, other sectors. Did you guys look at that in any way? You know, we, we ultimately did not slice and dice the industry in which people were working in, but there's been some other work um, sort of looking at that, that dynamic about Mm-hmm. Are certain industries being hit more or less by this, this dynamic? Uh, and I sort of like you, I also thought it was probably going to be things like retail, food service, um, that were really going to be disproportionately showing high attrition rates 
Um, and I think much like you, for the same reason that it's something I experience almost every day, right? Who hasn't seen that sign mm-hmm. that goes, hey, please bear with us. <laughs> We're understaffed. We're trying. Um, right. But what the research is actually showing, and I think this is out of the Harvard Business Review, is um, that it, it's, it's across industries, and specifically where there are the highest rates of attrition are those industries where employees have been arguably the most overworked because of the pandemic. So, uh, you know, healthcare, of course, I think we can all go, yeah, that's one where people are just, wow, um, yeah. can't even imagine, you know, being in that, that industry right now. Um, that's got to be incredibly rough. Um, and, and, you know, food service and retail as well, because again, being a frontline worker and being asked to interface with other humans at a time when there's an infectious virus going around, yeah, that's asking a lot of those folks. Um, but another industry that's actually not being spoken as much about is, is tech. Um, and we usually talk about it more in the context of, oh my gosh, there are more tech jobs than there are humans to possibly fill mm. those roles. Um, but as it pertains to this particular uh, sort of dynamic, what's going on is so many things that used to be offline uh, are going online, or maybe they're mm-hmm. dabbling in, in online and now they're drastically online. So, you know, think, gosh, Amazon. Right, they they probably had the best uh, quarters they've ever had in their company history, mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. it's because we're all ordering stuff, and that's going to be a mix, right, of both the technology workers who have to be able to enable that e-tail uh, system and backend, and also those frontline workers who have to deliver all of that. Uh, and I think that's a great example where we see the tech folks going, they're, they're just underwater, right? So much is being asked of them. And there's just no end in sight. Hmm. Um, you know, some of the media stories focused on in tech wise, you know, is that a lot of people are leaving, you know, these super expensive places, Silicon Valley and whatnot, and, you know, heading for those, you know, a simpler life, if you will. I can do my job at home. You know, I can do my job virtually now. Um, and I can, I can live on, you know, live, either make more money if they pay me the same or, or as some companies are doing live on a smaller salary, but in a place that's more conducive to quality of life. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think you guys probably ventured too far down that road, but did, did, did you look at that kind of stuff at all? You know, you know sort of, I'm going to say implicitly we, we sort of did. Um, and so what those, those things that you're discussing are really touching on is the idea of workplace flexibility, right? Like do you offer hybrid, mm-hmm. do you offer remote, uh, do you have to be in person? Um, and then also that idea of compensation and how do you feel you're being compensated for, for the work you're doing? Uh, and again, that goes back to that idea of those hard factors that I, that I mentioned just a touch ago. Uh, these really sort of objective, tangible things that we think are those levers between what's getting someone to stay or, or quit. And I'll agree, it, it makes for a good story. It makes for a very, uh, well, frankly, tangible story, right? Like, oh, if I fix A, I will get B in, in return. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, much like everything that deals with looking at humans and studying humans, we're seeing it's a touch too simple. Um, again, those hard factors are not the thing that's ultimately driving folks to think about quitting. In a lot of cases, they were insignificant. Uh, and I'm talking statistically insignificant here to, to, to mm-hmm. quitting. Um, it really goes back to, again, those thought factors. And when we say thought factors, I'm talking about things like, um, gosh, do you, do you respect uh, and trust your manager? Uh, do you have a good relationship with your coworkers or colleagues? Um, 
that, that sort of stuff. So again, those, those interpersonal dynamics and how mm-hmm. you feel you're being treated just as a human being. Um, so I think that's, it's, frankly, it's less sexy, right? <laughs> it's not as fun to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to okay. read, oh, I want to be liked. Yeah, nobody wants to read that story. <laughs> that's a boring story. There are some people. <laughs> yeah, no Gosh. doubt. Um, so, so like, I, I'm trying to stay away from COVID. Obviously, the, the, the pandemic has driven a lot of this. I'm trying to stay away from that because I just did a COVID show last week, and I, I frankly am sick of COVID shows. So, but, but there has been this huge change that's transpired over the last two years. It's clearly driven by, at least, you know, driven a lot by the pandemic and the choices it's forced people to make and the changes and the adaptations. Um, it kind of turned everything inside out, if you will. Um, and I don't know if these are the right words, but are there, uh, are there winners and losers here? Or is, is there, are, did you find anything in the data that says that, you know, this is a good thing or a bad thing that we're experiencing? Wonder, wonder about that. Yeah, you know, we unfortunately, the thing about research is it's sort of either backwards looking or point in time looking. It's hard, mm-hmm. it's hard to sort of, um, sort of go, gosh, where, where is this headed? Um, you know, I can tell you where I would love for it to be headed, but, but who the heck knows? Um, mm-hmm. But that's the case. Um, you know, I think if this bears out and, you know, what we're finding in our research is actually something people will take action on as, you know, as managers and leaders and organizations. Um, you know, one of it is what kind of respect are we showing and giving to those frontline workers? And yeah, I'm talking healthcare, of course, those guys and gals are doing incredible things. But I'm also specifically talking about some of those roles that maybe we historically haven't shown as much respect for, but we should. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the folks who are delivering packages, the folks who are stocking our, our produce shelves, things like that. Um, and so, gosh, if, you know, I could predict optimistically you know, where this is headed, it's making sure that those, those types of workers maybe are seeing, sure, better compensation rates, uh, because we did see that at the low, low end of compensation, those are folks who said, yeah, money matters. Um, but they're also they're getting more respect um, at both from work, but, you know, in their workplace, in terms of their, their uh, supervisors, but also from, from the customers who are really um, relying on them to do their job. Yeah. So, so I had listed the, uh, had put set, set a question or sent you a question earlier that said, what are the driving factors? And you've kind of, you've kind of hinted that it's really soft, um, soft stuff, not pay, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily, but it's respect, it's uh, reward, it's recognition, work, workplace flexibility. Um, like, is, are those the things that employers need to be thinking about right now? And did you guys look at any examples of, I don't know, best practice, I hate best practice terminology, but I, I don't have a better term for it. Did you guys yeah. look at any of that, of that kind of stuff? You know, we didn't, we didn't in this case, because again, we were, we were serving um, the actual, you know, the workers themselves and less, mm-hmm. of, less of the workplace and those dynamics. But, you know, gosh, I can give you an example from, from our own workplace. Um, okay. And it's something that we had to really think through last year. Uh, gosh, I think it was probably late, mid to late summer. And let's just say last year was a very good year for us. Uh, we're very fortunate about that. And it was almost too good of a year. Uh, we're a small team. And so we had probably more uh, interest coming in than, than what we would normally be fulfilling in terms of research okay. projects. And it was a really challenging decision to go, do we take these projects or do we say no 
Um, and, you know, I'm here I am principal and owner of Plan Beyond and a business, and I'm a business owner, and who doesn't want to, mm-hmm. you know, drive business growth and grow new revenue and, and sort of uh, show that we're having new client growth. It's very exciting and sort of a measure of success in our society. Uh, but the converse of that was knowing that if we took on those incremental projects, we we're going to be dying a little bit, uh, you know. Our sort of normal standard uh, work hour is going to be insane. We're going to be working nights. We're going to be working weekends. And we were already really, mm-hmm. really tired from what we had. And so, you know, that's a case where we had to go, gosh, you know, from a business top line standpoint and bottom line standpoint, we're going to make, quote, unquote, the wrong decision. But as it pertains to, frankly, our, our mental health and well-being and our ability to sustain doing this work long term, we're going to make the right decision. And, you know, unfortunately, decline that work. Um, and I think that's, that's the kind of example that I think a lot of folks, um, especially managerial and leadership roles, need to think about, which is mm-hmm. how are we preventing overworking, by the way, ourselves, I'm going to put myself there too, but also our teams, so that they want to keep working, you know, with us and for our organization, and not just throwing in the towel. Did, I'm just curious, and that you don't have to answer. It's not really a nosy question, but did you look at trying to hire before you made the decision to turn the work down, or was it more just a pure quality of life? Yeah. The reason I ask is, you know, that's one of the things that everybody's facing now, right? I'd love to do more. There's more work, but you can't find people. Did you guys confront mm-hmm. that challenge, or did you step away from it before it got there? You know, we actually didn't even have the time to consider it. Uh, so much is happening was happening in real time that we had to make mm-hmm. go no go decisions really sort of in, in that moment. And so we knew also that, gosh, if we even considered that that option, time to properly ramp someone up. Those clients, mm-hmm. you know, if they want to start today, we're not. You know, it would take. <laughs> who am I kidding? I don't even know how many months to find the right person. Uh, and then we've got to ramp them up. The project would probably be done by the time we found uh, that extra that extra talent. So it really just wasn't even mm-hmm. feasible in that situation. You, you know, it's funny because kind of in the in the space you're in, one of the one of the I don't know about your specific firm, but in, in general, one of the fallbacks of a couple of years ago was that oh, there was all the all these people who are free agents, you know, independent workers. We just contracted somebody to do this job for us. You know, we'll just hire somebody as a 1099 employee. And, you know, three years ago, that might have worked really well for you. I, I wonder today if that's even, if you can even find somebody to 1099. <laughs> that's a bit of a rhetorical question since you didn't approach it. But it, it's, that, that seems to be some of the, some of the problems. Like, I, I work in the retail industry, and we're hiring people all the time. We can't hire enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And many leave just as fast as they come in, and then we're losing other people. You know, it's it's an ongoing challenge for sure. Um, we're down <laughs> well, to about yeah. two minutes. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, that idea of, of treating someone as, oh, they're 1099, right? That language implicitly to me shows a lack of respect for that individual. Mm-hmm. We're treating mm-hmm. them as a throwaway. And so my hope, you know, you mentioned, well, hey, well, who's the winner? Who's the loser here? I'm hoping those folks who were who would have been those like 1099s are some of the winners. They're no longer being treated as these sort of transactional humans, but instead mm-hmm. being uh, respected and appreciated for what they can offer. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of the point of asking the question, I guess, and, you know, without saying it directly is, 
yeah, has you know has, is that another change? You know, people are looking. Anyway, there's I think there's tons of stuff yet to uh, yet to be discovered and learned. Um, and I don't know I don't know when this will be over. I've seen you know projections. They say oh, mid 2022 or next you know 2023. You guys didn't look. You said too much looking into the future, uh, but you did say you might have a guest. So in the, in a minute and 42 seconds that we have left really quickly share with us where you think we might be headed and then share with us where people can find you if they want to speak with you and your report. Absolutely. Well, you know, we asked folks what their willing, what their likelihood to quit was within the next six months. And let's just say, mm-hmm. as you'll see in the report, it's a really high number. So my projections would be we uh, will be dealing with this for a minimum of six more months as a minimum. Okay. Um, and for folks who do actually want to see what that percentage of people are, uh, that are thinking about quitting and sort of, again, some of those underlying factors behind that, you can uh, look at the report on our website, which is planbeyond.com. You'll see it uh, under our original research section, as well as some of the other original research that we've published. Awesome. Hey, thanks for, uh, again, thanks for the flexibility from last week, and thanks for being our guest today. And we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show and the episode will be uh, live on the air here in about three minutes. So thanks for being my guest today, Laura. Great to chat with you. Thanks for having me. I had a great time. Great. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.